0: Do you have opinions that you feel you can't express? I think we all do. Are you looking for a place to stir up conversation and let your opinions be heard? I want to introduce you to a new alternative social media site, snippy.com Snippy is an unbiased social media platform that's all about conversation and community. Snippy not only encourages freedom of expression but guarantees its users the ability to discuss topics freely, without any suppression from administrators. Check in for a quick update about current events or spend hours scrolling through users' posts. Write your thoughts and strike up conversation. Snippy's founders have intentionally created a forum where anyone can feel free to express their thoughts frustrations ideas anything really it's a place where discussion is valued a place where your opinion matters totally free go to snippy.com now to express yourself no shadow banning no character limit and no suppression of conservative thought ever check out the website at snippy.com or download the app no censorship no agenda join us at snippy to get the discussion rolling
1: now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio.
0: Microdosing magic, a psychedelic Spellbook. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Uh, sure. Uh, microdosing, uh, for uh, those of uh, your audience that aren't aware, is the, the practice of taking milligrams of natural and synthetic medicines for a variety of uh, what's called a mind, body, and health reasons, uh, such things like combating depression, improving memory, uh, problem-solving, improving overall IQ. Uh, it also enhances creativity, uh, mental and physical endurance. So you could really sit with problems for a lot longer. Like in my own research, I um, I translate archaic uh, text sometimes, and I found that with microdosing, it really uh, helps me sit there and uh, keep my focus um, to get the, uh, the task done.
0: Your website is called Psychedelic Witch. Are you really a witch?
1: Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> How'd you yes, get
0: I, involved in that?
1: Uh, you know, it's one of those things where it, it's a feeling you have your entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't really, uh, you know, pinpoint a day or an hour or a minute where I was like, "Oh, I, I'm kind of into this weird stuff or anything." Uh, the wild and the weird, as we call it. Uh, I just. Um, some people just, you know, you, you grow up and you you feel this natural connection to things around you, nature. Uh, you find yourself hugging trees and talking to plants, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> things like that.
0: I know your first book, "Psychedelic Mystery: uh, Traditions of Spirit uh, Plants, Magical Practices, and Ecstatic States." Got uh, a lot of phone calls when you were on the show.
1: Oh, for the uh, the witch's ointment. Yep. Oh, they love that stuff. Oh, great! Great! Excellent.
0: So when you started into this, did you encounter any resistance from anybody?
1: Uh, fortunately, I live in Portland uh, right now, where um, these uh, people like me and uh, other um, uh, seekers are, are kind of the, um, uh, the majority of the population. Although I,
0: It's I accepted in... out that way, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it's accepted that way in a way that it really never was in New York, where I, I actually grew up. And um, so moving uh, to Portland actually really uh, helped my practices breathe a little bit, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's a little more difficult in, in a place uh, like New York and way easier in um, the Pacific Northwest. A lot of uh, beautiful landscapes and the coast is absolutely gorgeous. And uh, it really evokes a lot of strong uh, emotion from a person just being in that kind of uh, setting. So um yeah I, I moving to Portland was one of the better decisions I ever made
0: for, Does uh, it does it help nice you? Practices. Does it help you in your magic?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um now with microdosing, you're you're doing that more for let's say uh, more terrestrial reasons. Um uh, like I'd mentioned before, certain things like uh, problem solving, memory enhancement. Uh, as far as getting to the actual craft of it, and you know, opening portals and so to speak, like that, it, it gets into you know slightly higher doses, uh, which I don't really go into too much in the book because you know, not too many people. You know, this is still a new concept for a lot sure. of people. So it, it's the kind of thing where we're really um, we're finding out that most of the propaganda of the 20th and early 21st century has been completely erroneous and um, that these medicines actually far from damaging the the mind and body and spirit, for that matter, actually uh, really, um, let's say, redouble the efficacy of all three.
0: A lot of people on the uh, West Coast are microdosing a lot, aren't they?
1: Uh, Yeah, especially in uh, Silicon Valley, most of the the apps that... that, uh, you know, appear on phones and stuff like that are, are being developed by people who are microdosing. Really? Not. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, microdosing huh. is huge in Silicon Valley, although uh, they are, uh, in my opinion, erroneously credited as having started the microdose movement. Uh, there are, in fact, uh, precursors. Um, I mean, I started microdosing back in the early, oh, excuse me, back in the late, um, uh, uh, let's see, uh, early early 2000s, I would say. Um, and uh, back then we didn't actually call it microdosing, we just called it being broke uh, because we didn't have enough to, you know, <laughs> to, <laughs> to split around for, uh, for each of us. So we started noticing that on these small um, amounts of uh, different plant medicines, um, we were, you know, r- really feeling those excellent effects from it.
0: Can you get hurt by microdosing?
1: You cannot really get hurt by microdosing uh, unless you're, if you're taking SSRIs, you can experience what's called serotonin syndrome, ah, which okay. is your body will overheat. Um, you'll get that cold sweat. Uh, but it's not dangerous, really, in, in, in any sense like that. Um, I, I, if you have a family history of mental illness, I wouldn't start microdosing. I have a, um, a friend, a Lakota shaman friend. Uh, named Hawkeye, who I, I think he put it best. He said, you know, if you wouldn't take a macro dose, don't start microdosing.
0: Good point. Good point. What's going on with this Guinness World Record for Magic?
1: Oh, so the Guinness World Record, yes. Yeah, so um, while I'm, I'm on a book tour now, and uh, my partner and I uh, are also winning the, the Guinness World Record for Magic, I had, um, I had uh, developed this spell that I cast over the entire United States, and I did it two years ago, and uh, uh, I submitted it, what I had to Guinness, and they uh, they told me that I didn't have enough evidence to prove that I had actually done it, because I uh, I did all these uh, rituals all over the United States by myself. Okay. So this year, my partner and I are filming them, and we're inviting people along, and I have a book for people to sign that we're going to submit to Guinness. <laughs> You're
0: documenting this, aren't
1: you? Yeah, documenting it way more thoroughly this time. Uh, the spell itself is uh, is a... Is based off of a Kabbalistic principle called the Pentacle. uh, Oh, excuse me, the uh, the Law of Natural Governance. And uh, what this states is that we are all born into this land, and between our larger land and and ourselves, there are five points. There's the land we occupy. Mm -hmm. There are the communities we get involved in. There are the friends we make within those communities. There's our family that you know, first birth doesn't put us out into the world, and then there's ourselves. So what you want to do is align um, all five of those aspects, your, your land, your community, your uh, friends, your family, and yourself, so that this, the path that you choose for your life will always be served by yourself and all those other uh, aspects and while you serve them as well. So it's a, it's a community ritual. It's, it's a healing ritual. It's something that brings people together instead of tearing them apart.
0: Is it working?
1: So far, uh, we're meeting a lot of really great people and uh, gaining a lot of support for it. So, yeah, I'd say it's working.
0: Interesting. Uh, now, what made you even come up with that concept?
1: Really just microdosing. Uh, this was, uh, these were all, and, and taking some higher doses, these were just visions that I started having for um, just making a more creative life. And uh, I happened to also invoke the muses uh in my witchcraft and um you know when you when you open that kind of dimension and you uh you tap into that ancient that deep ancient energy you know it it, it it's almost as if everything you do comes off as pure magic
0: when you deal with magic most of the people i know thomas they're good people uh, they want to do good things are there some that dabble with black magic and they want to do just the opposite.
1: Uh, they, there absolutely are, but I don't really hang out with those kinds of people. Right. Uh, I know that they're out there. Uh, there are.
0: Uh, Does actually, it work for them?
1: Uh, I don't know. I really don't know because all my entire magical system is not based on casting spells on others. It's based on casting spells on yourself. So I really, you know, I don't really know much about that world at all. I mean, I know they're out there. Uh, But I don't know much about it any more than, you know, I know that there are, you know, Russian mobsters out there, but I don't really know much about it because it's not part of my world.
0: Uh, In your world, there's a phrase called theogens. What what is that?
1: So the theogens, um, that was a, the the theogens uh, would be, is kind of a new vocabulary I had to develop in my book, Psychedelic Mystery Traditions. Uh, So when I started studying uh, these ancient texts, and even in the modern day, and everything in between, actually, I noticed that there were different kinds of psychedelic experiences, not just one kind. So I'm going to back up and go to the uh, the late 1950s with a, a brilliant scientist named Humphrey Osmond, coined the word psychedelic. He did this because, at the time, the, the word used for things like mushrooms, LSD, mescaline, things like that, was psychotomimetic, a mimicker of psychosis. The problem with that model and that framework is that when they would give things like LSD to patients who did suffer mild forms of schizophrenia, mm-hmm. those patients said that their bouts with schizophrenia and their experience with LSD were night and day, and that calling these medicines... Uh, psychotomimetic or mimicker of psychosis was just totally wrong so Humphrey Osmond developed the word psychedelic from two Greek words suke, meaning mind or soul and deline meaning manifesting so soul manifesting this gave doctors and scientists and artists a new paradigm to look at these medicines fast forward to the late 1970s another brilliant mind uh, a professor at Boston University named Carl Ruck um, uh, coined the word entheogen, also um, of Greek origin, or at least in, in, uh, in the, a modern sense, uh, meaning to generate divinity within, entheogen. So getting back to the theogens, I realized that sometimes people are not taking a psychedelic to generate divinity inside themselves. Like, for example, when I invoke the muses and I bring that creative energy inside me, that is purely entheogenic. However, I have friends who like to open up portals and dimensions to uh, different, I call them spiritually advanced entities, although they're commonly called aliens, and um, they'll use psychedelics to really pierce that veil. And um, we'll go to Mount Shasta sometimes and, you know, communicate with these these blinking lights in the sky. And uh, for me, that really can't be called entheogenic, because these divinities are not being generated inside of us, they're being generated outside of us. So I coined the term extheogenic, generating divinity outside the self. There's other things like poetogen, which is using a psychedelic for creative purposes. I mean, most anyone will agree that psychedelics stir, you know, the the creative passions within a person. And yet, there's no word for that, <laughs> and it's just odd that we, we you know we, we have this you know pretty common agreement about this, and there isn't a word. So I coined the term poetogen or uh, using psychedelics in magic is a uh, pytheogen. So the theogens, getting back to the question, is just a, a there are new ways of understanding how someone would use a psychedelic other than just partying, because psychedelics are not really party drugs at all. There's a big difference between a, a magic mushroom experience and going out and getting you know like hammered on alcohol or drugs or right. like that. Yeah, these plants are medicines. So I'm you know. We, we actually, in, in my circles, we don't really even call them drugs too much.
0: You don't um, even like that word,
1: do you? Uh, I don't mind the word at all, but uh, I know a lot of people are resistant to it. I mean, for me, words are just, you know, you give a word the power that it has. Yeah. So the word drug doesn't really bother me, but in deference to uh, many people that do have a problem with it, I use words like pharmacon or plant medicine, mm-hmm. or spirit plants. Um, and th- those are actually more accurate descriptions of things like, let's say, ayahuasca, uh, magic mushrooms, uh, cactus like peyote in the San Pedro, uh, spirit plant or uh, spirit fungi are, are really more accurate.
0: Isn't it true that the psychedelic world is really misunderstood by most people?
1: Uh, Yeah, but that's getting a lot better. The the more um, uh, scientists come forward saying that, hey, these are really medicines. I mean, uh, the good news, George, is that all of the evidence, and I mean all of it, is on my side as far as saying that psychedelics, far from damaging the body, actually can really complement a healthy lifestyle. And and these are studies coming from top universities like uh, UCLA, uh, Johns Hopkins, Harvard, um, NYU just did a study on um, on um, with uh, cancer patients and you know the end of end of life um, you know traumas and dealing with that and uh, depression that comes with it uh, to really great success. so um, you know I can't stress enough that uh, really all the science all the science is on my side and away from the propaganda and um, we're actually seeing a turnover now. I believe the FDA just approved uh, psilocybin mushrooms uh, studies to treat uh, depression and uh, post-traumatic stress disorder.
0: It's better than some of the other stuff they've been putting out, you know?
1: Well, it's way better than the other stuff they're putting out. There there are little to no side effects and at least no really hardcore side effects to uh, using uh, psilocybin mushrooms, unlike the uh, the pharmaceuticals that, you know, are, are... I think sometimes willy-nilly just kind of dished out to people, which I don't think is really good for society.
0: How did you? Sh- go ahead. Oh,
1: sorry. No, no, no. no. Go ahead. Oh, I just, um, I just feel like when you when you weigh the pros and cons of these plant medicines versus pharmaceuticals, I mean, it kind of becomes a no-brainer as to which are really helping people and which are you know, not so much helping people. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.